Welcome! Welcome, St. Louis City fans, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me is a man who went to the club's Meet Your Seats event at the stadium yesterday and never even went into his section. It's producer Mason. How are you doing, Mason? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty rough, but I'm still buzzing. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We are going to sound very enthusiastic this episode. We had an amazing time last night. It's just we're all, we had too amazing of a time last night, so we're kind yeah, of we're tired today. Tired. <laughs> yeah. Tired. Quick turnaround. We're recording this on Sunday night. Uh, when it actually gets released, we don't yet know as uh, scheduling is tough for us. Uh, but uh, also joining us here, and you heard his voice, is a man who, even though he's a podcaster, put out a tweet that says that voices are overrated. <laughs> who needs them? It's Chris Zimmerman. <laughs> what do you got to say about that, Chris? <laughs> Probably more than I should for the long-term health of my throat, but <laughs> no, last night I got home and I sent a voice memo to a friend of mine, and her response was, I'm glad you had a good time, Batman. <laughs> I was I was a bit raw. <laughs> And not joining us is a man who foolishly listened to Chris's <laughs> expert analysis. <laughs> it's uh, Sean Campbell. He kind of lost his voice, plus he had other things going on. So he won't be with us for this one. Take that as you will. And uh, <laughs> But we are here to talk about, well... The main it's really reason. bad sign that this really the season we've got this bad of injury issues. <laughs> yeah, that's just for the podcasters. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we've uh, been doing this podcast for quite some time and uh, approaching actually a hundred released uh, episodes out there in the wild. But it really was all just practice for this show because it's a big show because. St. Louis City SC played their very first match ever. Match day number one at Austin, Texas. Against Austin FC at uh, Q2 Stadium. And uh, we did not make the trip. Uh, we feel like we did. Uh, but uh, And walked all the way. Um, but uh, we kind of set the scene for what we had Uh I, myself, was at the watch party at uh, Schlafly Taproom with the St. Luligans, and uh, you guys, both Mason and Chris, were at Beffa's with the uh, Punks in St. Louis Santos. Uh, why don't you tell us kind of what the scene was, what the vibe, you know, what the crowd was like, uh, uh, what was that like there at Beffa's? Raucous. Yeah. It was incredibly full. It's probably the most full that building has ever been since the firebird left the basement of it. Um, and it was just, and there was kind of beyond words a bit, um, you know, about half of the bar was the punks and Santos people. And the other half was people who are more or less unaffiliated. They just wanted to be in town to watch the game and uh, accidentally walked into a madhouse. But I think everyone had <laughs> a great time. Um, lots of hugs were to, were to be had all around during all the goals. Um phew. Well, Argos. It it, yeah. it was very funny to uh, to see Chris, a six foot one tall man, get picked up by an even taller man. Yeah, Ben's six foot seven, and I'm six feet tall, and he reached down and grabbed me by the thighs and lifted me up into the air. So my head was probably about ten feet off the ground. Yeah. I think I saw a picture of him 
with the crowd, and he is just towering mm. over everyone in the room. Just towering yeah, over it, them. It, it's not it by accident that his nickname is Big Ben. Yeah. <laughs> that same yeah. photo, Joe just needed to look right at the camera. <laughs> and uh, I was at uh, Schlafly Tap Room with the uh, St. Luligans. Uh, again, it was just packed. Uh, we started filtering in. Some of the leaders of the group were a little sweating because uh, there was still the dinner crowd there. But as they filtered out, we just took over the place. And if you go in from the parking lot to the left, we had the bar area, the full dining room area. The other side, I don't know. I never went over there. Um, a lot of people were there. And, of course, uh, probably at Beffa's as well, there looked to be... Uh, uh, news people from the media taking video, photographers, all of those going around capturing the sights and sounds. And uh, yeah, there was chants. I heard those that were at Beffa's too. Uh, there was hugging. There was uh, glasses breaking in celebration. There was all sorts of mayhem. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, and it Fox was all two because... showed up to Beffa's, and I got a message at about ten thirty that night from someone I went from high school telling me the back of my head was on TV. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, and uh, we were bolstered uh, in Schlafly. I don't know how you guys were. People went to the uh, Blues Mat uh, game, came in, didn't even know City was playing. There was a watch party there. Well, they got all into it too, mm-hmm. so that added to the crowd. Yeah, my uh, my bucket of beer suffered a. Uh, a traumatic incident during one of the goals. Um. <laughs> and a moment of silence for the bucket of beer. And, uh, well, but, none of the beers were lost. Yeah. <laughs> Just the bucket. <laughs> yeah, n- nothing of value was lost. <laughs> and there was a purpose. There was a purpose to all this mayhem. You know, the game. And uh, rolls out starting for St. Louis City SC in their first ever regular season match in MLS. You had uh, Roman Berkey, Tim Parker, Kyle Hebert, Jake Nowinski, John Nelson, Indiana Vasilev with uh, Edu Leuven, Thomas Ostrak, Rasmus Ulm, Jared Stroud got the start on the wing, and Klaus up top. Austin put out a starting lineup pretty similar to what they had last year when they finished second in the Western Conference. Brad Stuver, Julio Cascante, Leo Vassinen, the newcomer Nick Lima, Zan Kolmanich, Owen Wolf, Daniel Pereira, Sebastian Drisi, Emilio Rigoni, Diego Fagundes, and uh, the newcomer Giassi Zardis up top for the home club. And uh, we'll quickly go through what happened. Uh, we won't go minute by minute. Uh, don't have the patience for that. But its uh, action started out, uh, you know, it was pretty chaotic at the beginning. Uh very chaotic as we'd expect from City. Both teams with a lot of in- uh, energy throughout the whole match. I think we'll get to see that. I think City's going to force that out of teams. There's no passive packing, uh, passive passing around the back. He's going to be allowed uh, with this team on the pitch. But in the eighth minute, something happened. Uh, center back Julio Cascante, their best center back, uh, went down with an injury. Three minutes later. St. Louis's own Kip Keller subbed in for Cascante. And then in the 12th minute, Indiana Vasilev banged heads, I believe, with Owen Wolf uh, going up for a header. Uh, he was uh, holding a bandage uh, to his nose in that case. Found out later at halftime he was actually under 
concussion protocol. So St. Louis City got a free substitution in the match, and they brought in Jabulo Blum. He subbed in for Vasilev. These and were all of South Africa was heard around the world. That's right. That's right. And uh, these were very impactful subs for the game. Uh, and after Blum came in the 17th minute, in the 24th, there was a goal. Tim Parker with the first ever goal in St. Louis City history. Got a header from a wonderfully placed uh, corner kick by Edward Leuven. And uh, we're winning. 1-0. There's history for you. Uh, then most of the half, almost to the very death of the half, St. Louis was on the up. Uh, they really had control of the match, really causing Austin fits. They couldn't get in their possession style. They couldn't really get the ball out of the back. But uh, there was five minutes of uh, injury time. In the fourth minute injury time, Leo Vassinen in the back. Happened to see uh, Sebastian Drisi racing down the field. He lifted a beautiful pass about uh, three-quarters of the length of the pitch. Drisi, with a sublime touch, um, gets around and was able to beat Berkey, and they could put us in tied at the half. Uh, started out, Austin came out. They seemed to then take this team very seriously, and they were uh, on the up at the beginning of the second half. Then we started to see some substitutions uh, in the 59th and 60th minutes, same time, really. Nico Giochini was subbed in for Rasmus Alm, and Miguel Perez, the 17-year-old homegrown player, comes in in a 1-1 game in MLS, the first MLS game he was subbed on for Thomas Ostrak. But the extra fresh legs didn't seem to help, as in the 68th minute, Austin's John Gallagher uh, came in for Zan Kolmanik, and then four minutes later, he scored a goal, assisted by Diego Fagundes. And with these goals, we'll give you more detail in just a minute. Um, some other substitutions in the 75th minute, Austin's designated player, Alex Ring, came into the game for uh, Owen Wolf. And Ethan Finley subbed on for Diego Fagundes, who assisted on Gallagher's goal. That didn't seem to help them much, because in the 78th minute, Jared Stroud, the former Austin player that we picked up in a trade uh, in the offseason, uh, scored the goal, the equalizer in the match, and uh, seemed to rob him of all of his energy. He uh, went for a tackle, took a bad tumble. Came up injured in the 81st, Cecilio Pompeo came in uh, for Stroud. And then in the 86th minute, the one that made everybody spill their buckets and break their glasses, uh, Klaus. <laughs> Beautiful play. Uh, assisted by Nico Giacchini, fueled by Edu Lovin. Uh, scores a goal, 3-2 St. Louis, near the end of the match. Uh, Austin tries to add on to the attack. They bring in Maxi Rudy, fresh legs for Giassi Zardes. Josh Yarrow is then subbed on for City as Klaus had to go off. He was just gassed. Uh, he played so hard. And they looked to hold it out. And uh, they did pretty well with that until the last minute. There was actually six minutes of injury time that was played in the 90 plus five. The talisman, the uh, MVP finalist, Sebastian Drisi, off of a cross from Alex Ring, a beautiful one, gets a clear header on it. It goes off the bar, comes out, game saved, game over. St. Louis City wins their first MLS match. Three what a two. moment to be alive. 
Yeah, Mason called it. He did. He did call it. And it is the first time that an expansion team had won their first match by coming from behind on the road since the Tampa Bay Mutiny did that in 1996. 1996 was the first year of the league, so every team in the league was an expansion team. No other team had done that. Come from behind on the road in their first game, and no team uh, expansion team had won uh, uh, their first game uh, on the road since LAFC did that. I think it was 2018 was the yeah, last time that that happened. So a big shocker. This is no middle of the table or lower team that they beat. They beat a team that a lot of uh, uh, pundits have title finishing. Contender. Yeah. Uh, title contender, definitely, uh, I think everybody consensus they'll be somewhere in the top four in the Western Conference. This was a big, huge, mm. huge win. Yeah, uh, it was the longest odds, betting odds of the day were for this game, and we won, so. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah. Uh, brand new expansion team, you know, hadn't really played together on a, in a regular season match. Why would you pick them to win? And, and pretty limited MLS experience from the squad, too. So a lot of unknowns. The uh, experience they had out there in Parker and uh, Nowitzki really showed their uh, length of time. Stroud also showed some uh, some knowledge of how the game is played in the Western <laughs> Hemisphere as well. Stroud was dabbling in the dark arts. <laughs> we'll get into that because right now, uh, why don't we go ahead and start talking about the goals? Uh, as I mentioned, the first goal was by Tim Parker. Uh, St. Louis had uh, was starting to take control of the game at this point, putting a lot of pressure and holding a lot more possession than we thought they would, especially in that first half. Uh, so they get a corner. Uh, Edward Leuven, who was just fantastic on set pieces in this match, floats a pitch-perfect uh, cross into the box. Tim Parker crashes in over Keller, through Struver. Struver didn't get to it. Parker heads it in for his third career goal in all mm -hmm. those years in MLS. And, uh, yeah, we all went kind of nuts then getting the first goal in the match. How was yeah. it, Bethes? Oh, it was Crazy. so the TV I was watching was about a second and a half to two seconds ahead of all the other TVs in the bar. So I was talking to someone who had just uh, joined the punks a week, maybe two weeks ago, and this was his first ever event. And we start going nuts, and it took the rest of the bar like a second or two to follow. And I freaked out a bit. I'm like, did I miss something? Did this get called off? <laughs> like, there was just enough time for the doubt to creep in before everyone else lost it. They realized, like, oh no, the TV was just a little bit ahead. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that was maybe the prettiest cross I've ever, like, the best corner I've ever seen. Like, it was pretty I think good. It was one. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it was right where it needed to be, and uh, for the most part, not all of them, but uh, Leuven and even Nelson took a couple. They were they had a plan and they executed them pretty doggone well. Not all of them were perfect, but uh, most of them were. That's a good sign yeah. from a brand new the, team, to be quite honest. Yeah, the set pieces in general were good. There was that one free kick. Was it Klaus that took it? Nasty curler. Leuven. I think it was Leuven that took oh, that, is that one. Yeah. That was yeah. nasty. That Leuven's was nasty going to be take of him. He showed me something with those. Mm -hmm. He had yeah. that curler. It, he had the other one was right at the edge of the box. He got it up and over. It was right at the goalkeeper, an easy save. But just to get it up and over and under the bar, uh, 
and get it on target, uh, that, that opened my eyes. I think we're going to be very, very happy with that facet of his game. And from what we saw, many facets of his game. Um, yeah. Also worth, worth noting, you know, Parker celebrated by stuffing the ball under his shirt, which mm-hmm. was he had asked his he had known for a few weeks that his wife was pregnant. And he asked his wife, if I score a goal, can I do this as like a way to announce that I'm having a kid? And his wife said, yes, he had this is his third goal of his entire career. <laughs> not not even just an MLS. If you look at like his lower level stuff, um, like in, um yeah, USL2 and PSL, that sort of stuff. No, this is his third goal of his entire professional career. Pretty bold ask of the wife, huh? Well, hey, I don't think she thought her. it was going to happen. I get permission to do it. She's like, if you score, you could do whatever you want. You could drop trowel if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know. You think she didn't say that. Um, and, uh, you know, the first half was, was eye-popping. Um, City was holding a lot of possession and doing a good job with it. Uh, some of the passing was sloppy, not, you know, it's their first time playing an MLS match together. It's not going to be dead on, but there was a lot of, uh, technical ability in these attacking players that we hadn't really seen play at this level. I mean, we saw them in MLS next pro, but that's below their level. Um, saw a lot of back heels, probably more back heels than I've ever seen from a team in a match. (laughs) They were all pretty good too. They were like worthless. (laughs) Rasmus Alm did have one where he probably should have taken the shot, but it would have been a tough yeah. shot they come out to getting. Uh, but it was at, again, you know, almost at the end of the half, very much at the tail end. Uh, Leo Vassinen, the brand new guy that came into Austin uh, to replace uh, Roman Gabrielson, I believe is his name, uh, who asked to be uh, shipped back to Europe because of family reasons. They brought in Vassinen, has a good uh, resume, had never played in MLS before. Uh, He got the ball. They had always been playing out of the back, and they'd been very strict about it. Um, So on this play, it seemed like City was really cheating very far forward uh, with your defenders pushed way forward, the goalkeeper way out from the goal. He saw this. Jerisi did. Jerisi makes a run. Vassin puts a beautiful long ball right in front of Dreesi, who reaches out. Just beautiful yeah. touch. The only St. Louis player with a chance to get him is John Nelson streaking in from the side. The touch takes him completely away from Nelson, puts him one on run in front of Berkey. Berkey's out of his goal. All he could do, it doesn't, it, this is fast too. He doesn't have time to come out even more, make himself bigger. He's on an island. And Jerisi just amazingly on the run does a chip over him and puts it in the net. It was just really a, something else from a one of the very, very best players in MLS. Yeah. And it was, you know, Berkey got caught out of position there, but if not for one of the better first touches I've ever seen in this league, you know, Berkey would have been in the right position for the direction the ball was heading. It was just Jerisi put on easy mode, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> how he did that but then all of a sudden you know Berkey's in no man's land there was just nothing no anyone the team could do yeah. after a first touch like that 
Yeah, and turn, turn Parker, down the FIFA difficulty to amateur. Yeah. Like, I don't and know Parker, how he did Parker that. and Hebert weren't even in the picture. Nelson's the only one with a chance. He's actually closing in pretty hard, but that first touch takes him completely, mm. takes Nelson completely out of the play. Berkey's up because the center backs are so far forward. He's got to close that gap. So he's out of position. Uh, I was pretty hard on first watch, but then I watched it back. I go, no. That is really a fantastic play by Austin. And just and that chip from Jerisi on the run with that deft touch, the proper spin puts it right over Berkey into the net. Class. I uh, talked about the difference makers on Austin, like Jerisi could make a difference, and he did it. That's what you pay big money for a DP for. Um, and it showed, so that's why we went into the half at 1-1 instead of ahead. Mentioned earlier in the timeline that in coming out in the second half, Austin took this game more seriously, and they really started to put on the pressure. Uh, uh, Kolmanek, the uh, left back, was pushing forward at the start of the second half, really causing problems. St. Louis City, he made some uh, dribbling runs in the box, causing issues and panic. Some great crosses. He had one ball that uh, he did a low cross, rolled right across the box, but nobody from Austin or St. Louis could get on the end of it. Uh, I think I turned to Zach uh, Fleur de Noise and goes, that's one of the ones where both teams of uh, the fans are going, oh, no. Because <laughs> somebody on Austin could have just got a toe to it. It was in, but they weren't there. Uh, and, and in this time, Austin was missing chances. There was a couple that uh, kind of got behind Zardes when he was in front of goal. Another one. Uh, he just couldn't reach. They had some great chances of really putting the pressure on, as everyone expected, but they didn't convert until uh, the sub came on Gallagher. They were, the announcers were talking about how he used to be a striker, and he brought great offensive presence. And uh, on this play, uh, it really showed. Uh, he got the ball onto the wing uh, out wide, did a nice little Reach around pass to Fagundes. Uh, I think it was around Nelson on this one. Fagundes did the nice give and go. Give it to him. He races into the box. Everybody's pretty much beat. And uh, Berkey's kind of left out to dry again. He's holding a line, but it was a good finish as well. Uh, a lesser finish. Berkey might have saved. but uh, And that made it 2-1 to Austin. On this one, uh, on replay, saw that Jabula uh, Boom who really came on and was fantastic. We heard that he was struggling with fitness and perhaps the speed and athleticism of the game in MLS, but he was so strong in this one. Uh, really had a nice game, but this one he kind of messed up. Uh, he had Fagundes. He lost him. Fagundes ran off of his shoulder. That gave him open to get the pass to Gallagher. Also opened up more space in the middle, and that's where we stood. And I think at this point, how about you guys? Were you starting to think that, uh, I know Chris and I said 3-1 was our pick for Austin to win. And uh, it was kind of shaping up to it. I was really afraid that I might have been right at that mm. point. Yeah, well, kind of to backpedal a little bit, we didn't mention it before, but we had a ball hit the back of the net in the second half. Oh, yes. Or the first half mm -hmm. that got called back due to um, Klaus fouling a player from Austin. And uh, in halftime, um, in the on the way like to the bathroom, I ran into Gordon, and at that point, Gordon was mad over the disallowed goal and us letting one in. I was still absolutely buzzing from the first goal. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going oh, hell yeah, and he's looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" Like I, I'm still excited. 
So well, Klaus, Klaus was wide open for that goal because he just kicked the feet out from under whoever the defender was. Yeah, that one that one was a foul. There was earlier, there was a yellow card on, was it Leuven? And it's like, man, he didn't even touch him. <laughs> yeah. I think he I think he clipped his foot on a breakaway. So I think he was trying to, They. I think they got him for, uh, you know, breaking up the break on that, a professional foul. And if he did, he was quite tricky about it. He just sort of clipped the cleat, but uh, had Alan Chapman was the referee in this match, and he's one of MLS's very best. Uh, he caught it. I had to look at that pretty close, but I think he clipped the uh, cleat on, uh, I think it was Fagundes that went down. Uh, also, in this in this time, let's talk about how Austin was in on the up. They were really had a lot of possession, but uh, City had their chances. I believe it's in this time that Rasmus Alm was free for a, a open header. Kind of had to reach for it. Uh, needed a perfect one, but it went straight to Stuver right in his bread basket. If he was able to get it a foot on either side of him, it would have been a goal. That didn't quite happen. Uh, but uh, City finds themselves down uh, two to one, and uh, they look tired at this point too. They look tired on giving up that goal. Uh, but after the goal, they seemed to, you know, fight. There was a lot of fight that came into them. Uh, more energy. They really, you know, Austin started to sit back to protect their lead. City attacking, you know, trying to get the lead back. As, as well, you should. Um, but what happened on the next goal? <laughs> uh, <laughs> who, who wants to tell the story on this one? Uh, well, Stroud, uh, Stroud did a little... <laughs> He, he he played a little trick, a mean little trick on his old buddies. <laughs> I I'm I'm not gonna say I'm honestly not so sure that he did, because like I think if he had, the Austin players would have been upset or you know angry and yelling at the ref. Hey, but yeah. no, no, they just looked resigned to what had happened. There's, there's that great photo where like Kip Keller's just got his hands up like, oh no. no. <laughs> I'll set the but, stage. There was a period where Austin couldn't get the ball out of the back. The high press was really working, really disrupting him. They'd already gone back to Stuver once and they played it out. Uh, high pressure from John Nelson really had uh, Keller scared. He's coming back, nowhere to go. He's trying to get the ball to Stuver. He looks up and he looks a second time. And all I could think is he's looking and sees the familiar face of his former teammate and Jared Stroud instead of the opposing uh, jersey and just rolled it right to him. Because that pass mm -hmm. wouldn't have made it Stuver. It would have no. died on the grass where it got back to the goalkeeper. Uh, people saying that there's a point where Stroud's pointing like, uh, you know, here or shouting to him with a familiar voice, which is a yellow card offense for what yep. do they call it. Uh, Deception, I think. Yeah, uh, I know there's sportsmanlike behavior or something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Chris. You'd think the Austin players would have known and said that uh, Stroud after the match said, uh, you know, he looked at me twice and and just passed the ball to me. <laughs> I saw an Austin fan saying that he like went and tried to do that on FIFA, and FIFA will not let you do what Keller did in that situation. <laughs> the game prevents you from passing to an opposing player like that. Now, whatever happened, let's not forget that it's very late in the match here, and uh, he'd been out there for a while, wasn't expecting to play probably at all, probably fourth on the pecking order, 
but he got thrown in very early, and uh, fatigue can play some strange games on the mind. Yeah, and he's <laughs> grew up in St. Louis. He played for SLU, so when he got subbed on in the eleventh minute, I was standing around. I was talking to Will Bramlett, and him and I look. We go, "Oh, Kip Keller, he's from St. Louis." So we cheer for him a little bit, and um, it ended up being weirdly prophetic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, omens and portents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It Kip was. Keller got bewitched. <laughs> yeah. It he was, was beguiled. He, and, he had a sh- Keller had a shocker because let's move on to the last goal, the one that happened. What did I say? It was in the yeah the eighty eighty eighth minute, eighty yeah. sixth minute with Klaus. Oh, what a goal this was! Mm. Oh, this one. It's in the back. That's the one you remember. That's the one that I think all three of the goals the in this match. All, all three of the goals in this match are memorable in their own way. Yeah. So was Jerusi. So there's yeah. four really memorable goals, um, and uh, yeah, even even St. Louis City fans will remember that Jerusi uh, goal at the end of the first half for a long time. Uh, but on this one, the they get the ball in up. They're in Austin's end. It comes to Leuven. He just does a really quick quick turn without even like looking. Just puts it across the pitch over to uh, Nico Giacchini. He, his first touch wasn't very good, but he did a good job of gathering possession. Looks up. Klaus is holding back. He gets the ball in front of him. Klaus is out racing the defense. You see, again, St. Louis and Kip Keller raising his hand. He's offside. He's not catching up to Klaus. The big guy lumbers around, but when he gets up ahead of steam, he's pretty quick. And he was on this one. Um, Keller was in front of him, and Klaus just gives him a juke, goes right around him. And Burn. then... And then with, as he moves to his left, with the outside of his right foot, he bypasses Stuver, puts it uh, against the post at the far side, he hits the back of the net, and we go nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We went at, at Beffa's, like, I saw GK make that pass, and I very gently set my drink down because I had a feeling about what was about to happen, <laughs> and yeah. I was right. And Keller was there, but he just got toasted by Klaus. Mm-hmm. And even if he didn't raise his hand or he got in position, Klaus had such a head of steam. He was in absolute full control of this. And the announcer even said it, uh, you know, so deft, a deft touch with the outside of his right boot. He uh, caresses it into the corner <laughs> is what uh, Ross Smith, the analyst on the pod- uh, broadcast said. Uh, we had some really colorful moments it. from him. It was interesting talking to him. Yeah. Or listening to him. I did not, and, I did not talk to him personally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and Klaus, uh I didn't realize I knew he was big, but even on the MLS pitch against the others, he looks big. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. He's big. <laughs> yeah. He's six yeah, there was sometimes four, he, I think. He's six three, six four, and there was a couple of times he was doing the hold up play too, fighting them off, not getting to the ball, letting everybody catch up to get into the play. Uh but that was eye-popping. That mm. was quite a play by Klaus. That was quite a shot to just dance around Keller and with the outside of the boot, put it in the far. And a really good pass from Giacchini, too. Yeah. yeah. That was but Leuven's on, outlet on was a line. sublime. Yeah. yeah. Both of those passes just on a line, right to him. Yeah. And one of the more memorable moments of the match for me is going to be Klaus just collapsing after that goal <laughs> and just how relieved honestly he looked like you could this is his first ever game for this team but (laughs) like oh that that too yeah (laughs) 
But uh, uh, yeah, I also noticed Blum just plowing into him. And he just like grimacing. But uh, he said he was already cramping before that play, so he fought through the cramps and did that. Uh, but then, yeah, he had to go off very, very shortly thereafter. He couldn't hardly walk. Uh, yeah, that was that was the last he had in him, but he made it work. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm glad there is not another goal to talk about because that uh, cross from ring, there was a contested header, bounces to the inline ring, gets there first, turns around, puts a beautiful cross right into the heart of the box, and Jerusi gets his head on it and it clangs off the bar, and I about soiled myself at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With about thirty seconds to go in the match, yeah, that yeah, was uh, seconds. It, oh. Yeah, that would have been a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. That would have been it crushed our souls. Yeah, uh, the gods did not will it, <laughs> and thank goodness for that. So that's how the game went. Uh, what's some of you guys' uh, key moments in the match, other than the goals? Because they're always key <laughs> moments. <laughs> I, I hate to say <laughs> Keller getting subbed on, but. Yeah, that was a bit of a defining. <laughs> and you hate to see, even if it helped us a lot, you hate to see someone from St. Louis have that bad of an outing. But yeah, yeah he, it was that. He had, a, he had a no good, very bad day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blum coming on too was a thing mm-hmm. because, you know, we heard he wasn't quite ready yet, but uh, he got ran in a much earlier than we thought. And he was a dynamo in the defense. What was also very striking was how good he was at holding possession in tight quarters. Uh, kind of was rumored about, uh, hinted about when uh, he was signed, but he was very good at that. He was very accurate in his passing, you know, not not great passes, but very accurate. So he's not giving the ball away in uh, tough positions. I was very impressed with his first game. As uh, we expected, I just didn't expect it in the first game. Maybe a little later in the season. Mm. I was taken with um, like how City was able to like stay kind of cohesive, even though they just kind of ran riot. Because um, it, it didn't look it looked kind of messy, but it wasn't messy, but it was chaotic. They were all over the place, just swarming. And but that's like what we were expecting. So it's good to see yeah. it work. Yeah, that was the that was the big thing was that like everyone was where they needed to be as soon as there was a turnover. Then everyone started moving. Everyone knew exactly where they were supposed to do. Yep, you know, at the expansion draft when uh I got to talk with Lutz a little bit, I think it was it was either Baker or Stu who asked him, "You always talk about you look for the intangibles in this in these players. What's one you look for?" And Lutz said, what do they do when they lose the ball? What do they do outside of possession, even the strikers? And I think we saw that last night, and we saw how well it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Klaus is not a striker to stand around and wait for the ball to get to him, is it? He was uh, no. everywhere. Uh, <laughs> he went and got it. Pitch. Yeah. Uh, another key was in that second first half of the second half, when Austin was really putting pressure on City, they whiffed on a few very, very good chances, and they could have took control of the match there, and they didn't. And that allowed City to fight their way back into it uh, with a lead that, uh, you know, ultimately proved very overcomable. Uh, that's actually a big point. If they put away two or, you know, they had some good chances there that they couldn't even get a shot on to goal. 
uh, they get a touch on them and it could be a whole different story. And we probably wouldn't be as chipper as we are today. Yeah. Like, do you all chipper. feel very chipper? Soaring. But yeah, that was another thing that stood out to me was uh, we kind of saw it in, um, uh, especially one of those preseason games. I think it was the the 3-3 draw. Um, there's a lot of battle in the team. They, mm. they don't capitulate. Um, what did City do? That you expected. So you were expecting to do something, and they did it in this game. What what stands out to you guys? I mean, the whole running riot, and it's still yep. working out. Like We played the style that we've been billed as since Lutz came into the team, which is, it was awesome to see. Like, oh, okay, it's finally here, and it worked. We looked good against a very good team. Mm-hmm. That was... <laughs> You know, even if that heartbreaker had gone in, we yeah. still would have walked away going, we looked good against yeah. a team that is one of the favorites to win the cup this year. And we did look good. That high press disrupted most of the game, one of the best possession teams in the league. Their very high possession team is Austin with some talented people on the ball. And we disrupted what they wanted to do. We really disrupted them getting the ball to Jerusi which is a good thing because we saw what he could do if he gets it. Um, So, and and a lot of that too is, uh, you know, you would expect that from a high pressing team, but they were very good in recovery, very quick to get back, very quick to get into shape. Uh, That was impressive. Uh, And they were dangerous on the counter. They get out and run Mm. and they get the, they get the ball and they attack and uh, they get it. They go, and then they shoot. They don't mess around. Yeah. Um, And then one of the things that uh, I noticed was that, like we expected, like the game was a lot of fun to watch. This is going to be a fun team to watch. It was pretty ugly. (laughs) (laughs) But getting into some of the stuff that we didn't expect, what I didn't expect was, yeah, a lot of those really technical um, ball handling skills, a lot of pretty back heels that did come off. like stuff like that, the like technical working. I wasn't expecting a lot of that. I was expecting it to be ugly and work, and it was prettier than mm-hmm. than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah, I think in the uh, first half, possession was fifty four percent to Austin, forty six to St. Louis. That I did not expect, and a lot I had to do with the ball handling skills uh, from the front to the back of the players in traffic and not giving up possession. Uh, that, that I didn't expect. And, uh, we talked about the defensive shape, but in the first match ever for an expansion team on the road, their defensive cohesion was exceptional throughout the game. Just consistently always where they needed to be. Their positioning was always spot on. And that really caught the eye. With two presumed starters out and uh, another thing that really surprised me was Kyle Hebert, you know, mm-hmm. undrafted uh, MLS Next Pro last year, comes in, starts the very first MLS game, albeit probably because of uh, Joachim Nielsen's uh, injury opening up the chance, but he took it. His positioning was exceptional. Mm-hmm. The way that he played off of uh, Parker, who's fast, movable, will go out and try to break things up. Um, Hebert was there to cover. 
Hebert was on it. Um, I was very impressed with Kyle Hebert, to be quite honest. On the topic of young players that impressed, Miggy Perez. Yes. 17 years old, gets subbed on and looks like he belongs. He looked good. He is still in high school. And he looked good against one of the best teams in the league. Did you see that uh, sequence in the second half when um, he goes in hard uh, defending Nick Lima? I guess he thought Lima went down too easily or something because he got the foul. And Perez gets in his face. <laughs> gives him one more. <laughs> From a 17-year-old, a homegrown, that didn't hardly even play. Did he play any minutes last year in MLS Next Pro? Very, very few. A little lot. bit. He was mostly in the academy, wasn't he? He's really won a spot in uh, preseason. He's yeah. learning yep. fast, uh, and he looked very looked like he belonged, and that's the best thing you can say about a young player. Yeah. We spent most of preseason kind of going, oh, he's probably just kind of a not Blum filling in for Blum role, not expecting him this to lead anywhere and instead it, egg on all our faces yeah. in the most wonderful way possible imagine playing that game playing like that and then going to school on monday <laughs> <laughs> he's still in high school <laughs> like man i i just played a professional soccer match now i have to sit in algebra two <laughs> I, I got a feeling he's got a tutor now yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to read his Pride and Prejudice book report. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> See if it was better than do, mine was. Do we think that Miguel Perez would read Pride and Prejudice or would he read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? He would be forced to read Pride and Prejudice, but really wish he was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you might do what I did, which was not read the book, just watch the movie with... Uh, um, uh, I'm not even remember the name of the actor. I shouldn't have started that thought, but I just watched the movie and wrote my book report on that, and I got a C, so I'm okay with it. Hey, it you're worked. okay. You saved a lot of time for a little lesser grade. That's all. Mm. Seems like a fair trade to me. <laughs> yeah. That's efficiency is what that is. Yes. <laughs> so uh, notable players. We I think we mentioned most of them, but uh, what's a couple that really stood out to you for City? Leuven. That's not surprising. Yeah. It yeah, feels moving. weird saying that I imp or I wasn't expecting a designated player to be that good, but Leuven really was exceptional. He controlled and, the whole match, mm. defense and offense. He was that was eye popping. I he did exactly what be he's good. To do. I didn't expect him to be that good. Yeah. And his set pieces were nasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know it I know it was right at Stuver. I know it was an easy save, but I that that up and down on that that free kick he took, it was I was blown away by it. I know it was an easy save, but I was like, what did he just do? <laughs> he kicked a he kicked a curveball. <laughs> and excluding Christmas in February, Stroud looked good. Even if that goal didn't happen, Stroud yeah. looked really good. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but the way that Stroud finished that that gift he got, um, because he turns and he pivots and then opens him up and misdirects Stuver and just pokes it in. It was really good. A lot of <laughs> very deceptive goal from Stroud there. <laughs> I did read a quote where he said that, uh, and I uh, just went for goal. And I knew what to do because I played against this guy in practice a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Stroud was noted for not giving a lot of finished product while he was in Austin. Uh, and here he goes scoring his 
He's got two career goals in MLS, and both have come at Q2 Stadium. One for Austin, <laughs> one against Austin. Uh, but uh, he impressed me. Uh, he was better than I uh, than I thought. Klaus, I expected a lot, but boy, that, that goal was mm-hmm. eye-popping. That, that was, was eye-popping. That was nasty. <laughs> he, he did mean things to Kip Keller there. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, it does my heart real good to see Josh Yarrow get a few minutes in this game at the end. Yeah. Tim Parker looked like the Tim Parker that was best 11 quality with New York Red Bulls, not the disinterested and kind of lost in the system player that he was at Houston. Uh, it wasn't just the goal either. He was, he's fast. He could get back. He led the recovery if they got beat in the press. That's so important. Um, he was impressive as well. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it would just be quicker to say, were there any players that didn't impress? And yeah, I don't Ostrak really think was, there were. Yeah. Ostrak was kind of invisible. Um, Berkey, you could say he could have done better on the goals. That's kind of harsh. I, I was mm. saying at beginning, watching again, I think it's harsh. Uh, Rasmus Alm had a couple of really good chances. He didn't finish. Uh, but it's hard to blame anybody because so much work was done on the defensive end in this game. There wasn't anybody slacking off. And on the defensive side... All of them put in A-plus effort on this, and most of them really did their uh, their chores very well. There was a couple of mistakes. Uh, Austin, as it would be for a team of their standing, really hurt City off of those mistakes, but those were correctable mistakes. Um, yeah. And some of them being unfamiliar with each other is where some of those mistakes came from. Yeah, and um, like, you know, Berkey arguably did not impress in his role as shot stopper, but he did a good job of being the first attacker and doing his job of any time they have to cycle back and reset pass to him. He puts it in the attacking third. He he puts it right up there for the guys. Yeah. There was a couple of long balls that was, he, as they say in football, kicked ahead of his coverage on, but a couple of those also where they were under pressure and he just got it to the other end of the uh, pitch and gave everybody a chance to catch their breaths as well, showing his experience. Uh, so, who's your man of the match? I think this one's easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Klaus is the one that got it, and that's the right, I think it's the right answer, but Leuven is a real close second. Yeah, I mean, I I would have said it, Leuven, but how do you not give it to the guy who won the game? Mm. Yeah, but he got that ball to win the game because of Leuven yeah, and exactly, that incredible yeah. turn and uh, finding Giacchini. And the uh, the announcers were like, oh, what a ball, what a ball, <laughs> yeah. even as he was <laughs> passing it. Um, I, I, I thought Leuven just was the best player on the pitch. He was in the most in control of the match. At both ends of the pitch. So and I that's a game that includes Sebastian Gerisi. Yeah. Who, who, you know, that ball goes in, it's a draw. You'd give it to Gerisi, to be quite honest, overall. But in this one, for both teams, man of the match was, to my mind, Edu Leuven. Yeah. Any other thoughts? It it feels in many ways like we've reached the summit and also like we've just started. It's it's a very strange yeah. feeling. Oh, I hope it's not the summit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, after the game last night, a lot of people were saying like that felt like a playoff win. Yeah. 
and it it did that honestly i was as emotional last night as i was when the blues won the cup i i really truly mean that yeah there's a lot I, of I, there's I, a lot of emotion in that game I, I think i was actually maybe even more excited than when the cup when with the cup win because the cup win was so set in stone that game seven was over by the end of the first period yeah it's true we that was inevitable this one was very exciting it was thrilling and uh you know uh yeah and it's done. It's here. What's been a dream that we waited so long is real. And uh, listeners, if you haven't seen the video of uh, Taylor Twelman interrupting the Whip Around show, uh, sneaking up behind, I think it was Sasha Question, and then just screaming in the camera. And I saw an edit where that happened right at the end of the broadcast, right as they went back to the studio, and he does that. Oh, it's classic. <laughs> And Twelman was only there because of the rains in in California. Uh, so now we talked about the win. You know, good job, guys. It's week one. There's a whole lot of games to go. So uh, yeah. let's look a little bit ahead and just uh, look at who we're who we're playing in our next match, which will probably be even more exciting than the first match because it'll be the first home game, and we get to see the team in person. In our very own city park. How exciting is that going to be? Wow. Uh, and it's Charlotte, last year's expansion team. The one that uh, is working kind of hard to make this a rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> it's the terminally on oh, One or two people dirty. on Twitter from yeah. St. Louis that are trying to do it as well. That, that, uh, that you started. <laughs> uh, Charlotte went out and got a whole lot of new players. Seemed to really upgrade their talent. But that's a lot of new players they had to get together, and they didn't have an MLS Knicks team with all of those new players to practice last year. So in that case, they're a little behind uh, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. We get everybody on point. Yeah, if you look at uh, they lost this past weekend's game one to nothing. The game, the game was scored 88th minute against New England. But if you look at that goal, it was they collect it in the back. They tried to turn it up downfield. It got intercepted by New England, and the defense did not reset in time. And no. I think that's a good sign for us this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially because so. we we force a lot of turnovers, and if we and also we induce a lot of defensive lapses by causing havoc back there on the back line, disrupting that. If it's, especially if the disruption's that easy, we could run riot on Charlotte. Could be they got some talent, but boy. You know, that's at home for Charlotte against the Revs. Charlotte has a lot of dreams of being better. They've made some moves. They had the emotional start of the match with the moment of silence, mm -hmm. with the stadium turned dark for uh, Anton Wilkes, who uh, Walks, who uh, unfortunately passed away in preseason. Uh, and then they don't score with all this attacking talent they brought in. And, yeah, that uh, the defense on that goal in the 88th minute was... Well, they look tired on that defense is what they look like. I didn't get to watch the match, but I did see that. So we look forward to that. It's going to be a big event at City Park next week. And uh, wow, I can't wait to be there for that. The yeah. pregame extravaganzas all over the city. <laughs> uh, we'll probably all be at uh, Schlafly Tap Room with uh, the Punks. And uh, I know the Punks and uh, Luligans are there. Mm -hmm. The Thieves, uh, Fleur de Noise, I believe, as well. 
Uh, some of the other groups will be around the city. Uh, yep, Santos, Santos will be Santos at, is going to be at Beffa's. Santos at Beffa's yeah. and Nonap City will be at the aquarium at Union Station. Oh, very nice. That's great yeah. for the kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, punks and luligans, thieves were all going to be at the legally not a tailgate party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of and, legally distinct things uh, yeah. going around the St. Louis soccer community <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Lots of tiptoeing and and <laughs> and waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, one big thing also about this, it was St. Louis City SC's first match day. It was MLS Season Pass, the partnership between MLS and Apple TV. It was their first MLS match day as well. Uh, of course, well... We got to see the games in the bars. Uh, we didn't have sound at Schlafly's. You guys have any sound at Beffa's? Yeah, we did. It Could was on, it? but you couldn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Not over yeah. everyone talking. Yeah, I, I might take it. the AirPods and put one in my ear next time, so I might be able to listen to the game if played on my phone. Yeah, I rewatched it at home today, and I've got a sound bar on my TV, and it sounded really good. I, I listened the- to it through my phone, and it sounded really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. The picture quality is really good. Uh, sounds great. Mm-hmm. Platforms seem to be stable, for me at least. Um, <laughs> that is such an upgrade to, over last season. Yeah. <laughs> the ability to scrub through the games, having full replays, though they were kind of hard. You needed a yeah, tutorial to get there, but once <laughs> you did, it won't be a problem again. Um, but having full replays, or you could watch a 15-minute edited highlight, whatever you prefer, like that. Especially yeah. look at some of the other teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, one thing I do kind of wish is that the MLS 360, the whip around show, had a re- had a replay. Um, that's not available to rewatch. Unfortunately, I kind of I just wanted to check it out because uh, I was otherwise I was preoccupied. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, everything seemed good. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to say, in all these years, uh, over a dozen years of following MLS, I've already seen more exciting and well done quality uh, coverage, not just on the games, but about MLS in the last month than I've seen in the previous twelve years on all the other platforms. Yeah, some I still have some misgivings about the subscription, the paywall, still, but the production and the product that we're getting is really really good but uh, i have to make a note on the broadcast is that a they had austin supporter section la mirga so in the front in the mix which is awesome because they have a really really good band if mm-hmm. you've ever met clayton mm-hmm. you would know <laughs> yeah uh, but <laughs> there was a moment <laughs> in the end after after klaus's goal where you could hear the stl chant over la mirga and then at the very end, the uh, Twisted Sister, we're St. Louis City. Chain. Yeah. And we, I didn't notice that last night, but re-watching it today, I felt emotional again. And then at the very end, there was the shot of the St. Louis supporters. And uh, first off, it was fun to play Where's Waldo with all the people I knew mm-hmm. <laughs> that made the trip. But there is this shot of you know, Joe Nauman's got the Luligan away day flag. You've got Matt Baker there. But then there's Austin Adams and Clayton. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a shot of a Clayton looking very emotional, and them him and Austin turn together and giving each other a real big hug on this on the broadcast, and that that was just a really 
personally knowing all these people just a really amazing thing to witness and yeah made made the game just a little more complete for me and uh the owner carolyn kindle betts was there in austin for the first match with a bedazzled uh, logo on her jersey as yeah <laughs> not that surprising <laughs> also saw caleb leon uh, in one of the shots as well uh uh cheering rather enthusiastically yeah. i would say uh i need to get that all, gif onto my phone somehow yeah <laughs> somehow. that is a threat whoa, whoa. and a promise <laughs> and uh also i i got to watch the mls wraparound show a replay kind of watched it i didn't see the st louis city highlights but uh i may have missed them and uh had taylor twelman uh andrew weeby a couple other folks i was very impressed for the first week how great their camaraderie was uh how comfortable in front of the camera they seem to be. This is not common when you get a bunch of group together for the first time. That seemed to go very well. Uh, I did see where at the end, they got Taylor Twelman talking about St. Louis City. They talked quite a bit about it. I just didn't happen to see the highlights. Uh, I may have missed them. May not. Who knows? Um, but I really enjoyed that wraparound of, you know, going over the matches of the day at that time. I, I enjoyed that. And before we get off of... Game day and uh, St. Louis City SC. Also yesterday, before kicking it all off, uh, for us season ticket holders, there was the Meet Your Seats event at City Park, which we all attended, including Sean, who is not with us at this time. Um, and uh, Late of this parish. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. We, we all walked up to the away section, looked at the uh, worst seats, you know, they're going to give to the uh, way supporters. Those are pretty good seats. Yeah, those are good seats. I, oh, out of curiosity, <laughs> I stood at the, roughly the same spot in the stands that I stood at for the next pro finals in Columbus last year. And my God, the view is twice as good as it was in Columbus. And that's a new stadium. Yeah. And a stadium yeah. with roughly the same capacity as ours. Actually, I think it's lower that by about 250, 500 seats. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those seats on the upper level did um, really trigger my fear of heights, so I felt like I was going to fall to my death. But Oh, not in the supporter. Well, we didn't go in the supporters section because, well, we have no assigned seats yeah. and we know where it is. We've been yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, this is the one chance we had to kind of wander through the rest of the stadium. Yeah. So that was, that was what I took this as, as let me go see what it looks like other places. Walk mm. around the concourses and see where the restaurants are. Because uh, the first time I was there, they weren't all labeled. The second time was at the Leverkusen game, and the concourses were so packed with everybody gawking around like I was doing. I -hmm. couldn't really see much. Uh, But this time, get to walk around and see where everything is. It was nice. Uh, Seemed to be a good opportunity to sell a lot of concessions and goods uh, for the day and get everybody juiced before the first game. Uh, One point, uh, Chris, you noticed... uh, There was a little issue getting in, especially for some of the ladies in the audience, about the bag policy for Yeah. So I think part of the purpose of the Meet Your Seats event, well, A, was to get people downtown for the match instead of watching at home, try to make it more of an event. But also, I think it was kind of a dry run for stadium operations and security. So they were enforcing the same bag policy they will on game days. And it is strict. And it's important to note that they're 
is a published size limit for clutch purses. And even if, so if your bag has a strap on it, it is no longer a clutch, even if it is under side, under, or under the size limit, you're still not going to be allowed into the stadium. So if you know someone who carries a purse that's going to be coming to these games, especially if they're going to be riding the Metro and can't run back to the car and leave it, you should warn them for that because I could foresee a lot of people being very upset about not understanding the bag policy come opening day and throughout the season for everyone's first games. Mm -hmm. I think the club should do a little better job of getting that out even more because that's devastating what would they do there's yeah. not a lot of recourse there and if it, you using public transportation with their you know environmentally friendly policies and zero waste policies uh this discourages uh environmentally friendly public transportation usage in some ways as well so yeah that's notable mm-hmm and, I mean, I also had to basically do the TSA procedure, sort of taking off my shoes. Um, but <laughs> yeah. And as we were leaving, I had I'd bought a bottle of water, and as we were leaving, I couldn't take the water out of the stadium. No containers. I understand if it's alcohol, you have to keep it where you purchase it, but it was a bottle of water, and didn't matter. I wasn't allowed to have it, and it was mostly full still, but I had to toss it. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's may or may not be league policy yeah but still it's a bit frustrating i mean what did i what did i say when we were leaving that like just like the most cop stadium i've ever been to (laughs) i we we grew up post 9 11 like did you not go to a rams game between the years of 2001 (laughs) and 2015 i mean no i that was about the rams (laughs) rams games you would get a full pat down yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you know that, how like, thrilling uh, that can be. <laughs> I mean, like, I, Enterprise was not that bad. Bush Stadium's not that bad. Yeah, I never went. But also, I don't, I don't think I've like. ever attempted to carry a container outside of out of Enterprise or Bush Stadium. So maybe that's just standard, and I just didn't know. Yeah, I don't uh, because container laws. Who knows? Yeah. Or just I, keep everyone under your th- the thumb. Uh, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, at Bush, I don't have to take off my belt. (laughs) When you go to a match, be sure to wear new, clean skivvies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So I think that wraps up our coverage of St. Louis City SC (laughs) for this episode. Uh, We start off. We are now barred from future events. Uh, uh, but one one last thing to uh, mention here, uh, you know, in MLS, there was a couple of things to bring up. We, we'll see. Schedules are hard. We're hoping to bring a uh, MLS rundown show, a secondary one here in the middle of the week. Um, we'll see if we can get that scheduled together. But a couple of things, the El Trafico, LA Galaxy against LAFC in a sold-out Rose Bowl was postponed due to the, well... Uh, <laughs> Hellacious storm. <laughs> yeah, mm. in a place that uh, can't handle that much rain in L.A. So <laughs> it's been that... postponed until July 4th, uh, affecting city schedule, uh, changing the schedule around the season. So check your listings on that. One thing it does, though, is kind of cut down the travel time uh, 
uh, in the schedule for City. So they may have asked City about this. The City looked at, you know, how the seasons go to play out, where they got to travel to, and go, okay. Because they were uh, going to play in LA on July 4th and then in Toronto on July 8th. Yeah. Beforehand. And now it's going to change. I think the game was rescheduled to September 10th against LA. I believe so, but unfortunately, I don't somehow didn't get that in my notes. Told you it was a long day yesterday. <laughs> uh, but you can look it up. We'll have plenty of time before that game's rescheduled to bring everybody up to date. Also, Portland against Sporting Kansas City uh, had to be moved because they're also affected by this gigantic storm on the West Coast. Uh, and they'll be playing Monday night. Uh, other notable things, uh, the Columbus crew uh, seemed to upgrade a new coach. A lot of uh, things going on, playing against uh, what seems to be everybody's pick to win the Supporter Shield and possibly MLS Cup in the Philadelphia Union. Uh, Daniel Gazdag of Philadelphia led them to a 4-1 win over the crew. Gazdag is responsible for two goals and two assists on opening day. Wow. Um, Atlanta United squeaked out a win, uh, and they weren't very good looking like that, but their star player, the $16 million, uh, fee that they prayed, bring him into MLS paid off. Tiago Almada seems to be the real deal. He had two absolute stunners in injury time to win this match for Atlanta. That free kick is exceptional. And, uh, the from open play it was also a great kick on that um and uh nycfc against nashville nashville having moved it back to the east they seem to be a players they really smacked down new york city fc uh 2-0 in that one that's about what i've got on that uh really the guys dog and uh, almeida exploits on sunday kind of stood out yeah if you played fantasy and had Gazdog on your team. Congratulations on the win. <laughs> I had Gazdog and Jerisi. Uh I don't. I should check my uh, my fantasy. My starting lineup has three Portland players on it, so I got to wait till tomorrow night to see how I did. Of course, uh, me after the postponement of El Trafico didn't take uh, Palacios off of my team, so I uh, get no points for him. Almost the biggest mistake is Kip Keller made, but. Uh, <laughs> You guys have anything else to add for this week's episode? I think that's me done. I mean, aside from just the internal happy screaming I've been doing since the first goal last night. Um, yeah, the little dances. Yeah. Dance like sugar plums through my head. It's 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 just wonderful to finally be here. And last night was just, just an amazing, amazing moment. Um, I've been kind of stressed with a lot of stuff in life recently. And like last night was a cleansing moment that I needed a lot. So I'm just so, so happy that things are the way they are right now. Yeah. Yep. Winning and just being a fan. It's so uh, therapeutic for a person. <laughs> Winning solves all of your ills. <laughs> <laughs> or at least makes them a little less than they were before. Yeah. Up, up until last night, I was coming down with consumption and now I am healed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. Winning note. might have caused some of, some of our ills today, though. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're hopefully more temporary than, say, consumption. Um, <laughs> and on that note, I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason, and I am the temporary giant, Chris Zimmerman. 
<laughs> and we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.